Sanctuary. My name is Edrin. I'm one of the pastors here, and I want to take a moment and just welcome you again into our worship experience today. Uh, we're grateful that you are here with us. Uh, this weekend's weather has been incredible, and so uh, that's always tempting in Minnesota uh, <laughs> when it's above freezing to do other things on Sunday, but we are so grateful that you're here with us in worship. Uh, I, I also want to Thank our first-time guests for being here. Um, if this is, uh, I don't know how you heard about Sanctuary. Uh, maybe it was the beautiful kids that we had up uh, worshiping with us this morning. That always draws in grandparents and aunts and uncles and others. Uh, but whatever it was that brought you here to Sanctuary, we're grateful that you're here. and We hope it will be uh, a blessing to you today. Um, as Hannah mentioned earlier, next Sunday is our Christmas service, our special candlelight service here at the sanctuary. And so we want to invite you to invite others. Um, it's a great opportunity to invite neighbors and friends and relatives to come check out uh, and hear the story of Jesus' birth here at sanctuary. We'll have a 9 and 11 o'clock service as normal, and we would love to see uh, new faces and this place filled up as we celebrate the birth of Christ. Um, last Sunday, we also uh, rolled out our stewardship form for 2019. We're asking all of you, uh, you may have received this in your bulletin last Sunday. It may be in there today. If not, stop by our hospitality uh, desks and right outside the doors as you're making your way out. Grab one of these. We're asking folks to uh, consider um, how in 2019 you will give, how you will connect, how you will serve, how you will invite others. Uh, we want you to be thoughtful and prayerful over the month of December over these things. And then on the first Sunday of the new year, January 6th, we're going to ask you to bring those forms back, one per family, and we're going to pray over them and ask God to bless our efforts together as a community in 2019. And so if you have not gotten a stewardship form yet, uh, be sure to grab one of those before you leave today. I want to take a moment and pray for us before we jump into the word. Um, I, I want us to remember uh, many brothers and sisters in this community of sanctuary who are battling with sickness, um, cancer, um, and other diseases, surgery, recoveries, other things uh, that are getting in the way of them living uh, the life that God has called them to. Uh, we want to pray for those brothers and sisters healing um, and, and a, a swift recovery. Uh, we want to pray for those who are seeking employment both within our church and in the community around us. We want to pray for anyone who is mourning the loss of loved ones, which can really make this a difficult season um, if that is true for you or someone that you know. We always want to be praying for North Minneapolis and praying for those impacted by violence in this community all over this nation and even around the entire world. And we pray for our brothers and sisters who are persecuted around the world because of their Christian faith as well. And so if you would just take a moment, center yourselves, think of the folks in your life who you would like to be praying for this morning, and then we're going to just take a moment and pray together before we jump into the message. Lord God, we are grateful to serve a true and living God who encourages us to cry out to him. And we're grateful for the faith to know that when we pray, you hear our cry. And so God, we lift up a number of concerns today 
But first, we just want to say thank you for your faithfulness, for your goodness, your kindness, for the ways in which you have already shown your favor upon us. God, we're grateful and don't take it for granted that we get to gather together in public as brothers and sisters in Christ. We remember our brothers and sisters who live in places and who serve in places where that is not possible. We ask, Lord, that you would bless and be present with them today. And we know that you are. Lord, we pray for the Sanctuary Covenant Church, for its leadership, for those who call the sanctuary home, and for those who continue to come here to hear how you have called us to live as brothers and sisters. We ask, Lord, that you would give us strength and courage to follow after the call that you've given this church. Help us to be a meaningful presence in this community. Help us to love North Minneapolis. Be good neighbors here. May this church be salt and light on this corner of Broadway and Aldridge. Lord, we ask that you would bless not just this church, but every church that calls on the name of Jesus. And every organization in this community that's doing good work and bringing about beauty in this community, we pray that you would be present in them as well, that your favor would be present in those places. Help us, God, to be your sons and daughters. Now open our hearts and ears to hear this word today. May something grab a hold of us and cause us to follow after you a little more passionately. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Our message today is on the theme of preparation. In this Advent season, our, our message today speaks about separate, uh, preparation. What Advent has to teach us about preparation. The fact is that preparation is a central theme in all of our lives. Regardless of who you are today, you probably spend a good deal of your lives in preparation for something. 13 years ago when we moved to Minnesota, someone told us we need to prepare for the Minnesota winter. And I shrugged it off because I did not know that it was possible on the planet Earth to get this cold. But now we have winter survival kits. And blankets in the car and kitty litter in the trunk. We are always preparing for Minnesota winter. Perhaps you're here today and you're preparing for an exam or just completed exams. Perhaps you're preparing for an interview. Perhaps you are praying and preparing to meet Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright. Perhaps you are preparing for the holiday dinner where you meet Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright's family for the first time. Perhaps you are preparing for something that you don't even know what it is yet. Preparation has been a central theme of, has become a central theme of my own spiritual and personal life. For the last eight and a half years, preparation has been a part of my daily routine. You see, eight and a half years ago, I became a father for the first time. And shortly after that, I somehow inherited the responsibility of getting our oldest daughter up in the morning getting her fed and dressed and dropped off at daycare. She doesn't like waking up in the morning. Taylor, it takes her a long time to get up, but somehow I was blessed with that calling. 
And that is now my responsibility to prepare her every day for school. She got older, daycare changed to school, and two years ago we had another daughter, Harper, and now it is my job to prepare both of them each day for school. Getting them fed, yes, God bless me, please. <laughs> getting them fed, getting them out the door. And some days, you know, that preparation is easy. It just flows pretty easily. But there are a lot of days where that preparation does not quite go the way it should. You see, it works well when I prepare for the preparation. When I wake up at 5.45 and get myself together and then get them up at about 6.30 and begin to get ready for school so we can get out the door between 7.30, 7.45, those days work great. But when I don't prepare for their preparation, the story goes a little bit differently. Those are the moments that don't make it to social media. <laughs> and I've learned that I have to be prepared for the work of preparation. My life has become, in many ways, a cycle of preparation. And I would imagine that I am not alone in this routine. Perhaps your life stage is very different than mine. Perhaps you're not raising kids. But regardless of where you are in your life, preparation is a part of your daily routine. Preparation is essential. And because it is so essential, I don't think I have to go very far today to help you see that if it's essential in our daily life, if it's essential in our physical life, it's also essential in our spiritual lives. So it's good to know that Advent is a season of preparation. This series that we're in is called Bearing the Weight. Bearing the Weight. And in message one, we encouraged you by reminding you that Advent is a season of waiting. It is a season of waiting on the blessing that God has promised through the deliverance coming through Jesus Christ. In week two, last week, Pastor Rose also reminded us that Advent is a season of acceptance, a season of saying yes to God's will, to God's way. And we looked at the life of Mary as a reminder that we are called in this season of Advent to get ready to say yes and yes again. And today I want to encourage us and remind us that Advent is a season of preparation. And I want to invite you to join me this morning in Luke chapter 1, the New Testament book of Luke, the gospel according to this brother Luke in chapter 1. You see, in Luke's gospel, we get a chance to see that Jesus comes as the Savior of all people. Luke shows us that Jesus' deliverance touches both the Jew and the Gentile, the rich and the poor, the have and the haves-nots. Luke's teaching, properly understood, offers compassion for the wounded, but it also speaks directly to the forces, the systems, and the individuals that are doing the wounding. Just before telling us about the birth of Jesus in Luke chapter 2, Luke introduces us to a bit of a strange character by the name of John. 
This is not John, the beloved disciple of Jesus. This is John, the cousin of Jesus, who would later become known as John the Baptist. John helps us to see Advent differently. John the Baptist helps us to see that Advent is a season of preparation. Here's a little bit of an overview of John's life. In Luke 1, we meet a priest by the name of Zechariah. And we meet his wife, Elizabeth. They are faithful people. the, The Bible calls them blessed, but they struggle because Elizabeth is barren. They are not able to have children. And one day, Zechariah is performing his priestly duties in the temple, and and an angel visits him. Uh, An angel by the name of Gabriel comes to him and gives him good news to say, you will give birth, your wife will give birth to a son, and that son will be called John. He will be a deliverer in the sense that he will prepare the way for the coming of the Messiah. The scriptures teach us that John goes on to become strong. He grows strong in the spirit, but he withdraws from society, moves to the wilderness for a time of preparation. We jump over to Luke chapter 3, and we see this same brother, John the Baptist, leading a very public ministry as a prophet. He's calling the people back to repentance. And he does the work of preparing Jesus so much so that John is even given the honor of baptizing our Lord and Savior. John's life helps us to see also, not just that this is a season of preparation, but John the Baptist's life helps us to see that Advent is actually a layered celebration. In this season of Advent, we're actually celebrating two things at once. John helps us to see that there is not one, but two Advents. We're celebrating in Advent first the birth of Jesus. I love movies, and I love funny movies. And so naturally, Talladega Nights is one of my favorites. And that great prophet Ricky Bobby reminds us of the first Advent reason when he prays, Dear eight-pound, six-ounce baby Jesus, newborn infant baby Jesus, who just doesn't even know a word yet, all cuddly but still omnipotent. Ricky Bobby helps us to see the purpose of the first advent, which is that we are celebrating the birth of Jesus. But his father-in-law, Dale, also reminds us that Jesus didn't stay a baby. Dale points us to the second advent to say that Jesus grew up. He was a man with a beard. And the second advent reminds us that Jesus didn't stay a baby, that he's coming, he has come, and he will come Again, here's a chart that might help us to see the first and second advent. The first advent, we celebrate the birth of Jesus. The second advent, we, ce- we celebrate the second coming of Jesus. In the first advent, John the Baptist is the one who came before the Messiah and is preparing the way for him. But in the second advent, the church, the people of God, you and I are called to be God's messengers in the world, preparing the world for his second coming. In the first advent, John was a forerunner of Jesus. He proclaimed that the Messiah was coming. In the second advent, we are ambassadors. We proclaim that the Messiah has come and is coming again. Amen. In the first advent, John was a prophet. He shined light on the evil of his day. He called the people back to God, both the wounded and those who were doing the wounding. 
And in this second advent, you and I are a prophetic voice in the world. We are called to expose the evils of our day. Anything that gets in the way of God's people experiencing the shalom, the world as God intended it to be, we are called to shine light on those evils. And you and I are also called to be people both of compassion, mercy, and justice. That we are called to not only tell the, the hurting, the oppressed, the poor, the lost, that God delivers them, but we are called to work against systems that cause people to be poor, lost, and oppressed. We are called to be people of compassion, mercy, and justice. In the first advent, John was a baptizer. He baptized many into the kingdom of God. And in the second advent, you and I, brothers and sisters, are called to be disciple makers. I love how our denomination says that we are called to make and deepen disciples. We are seeking to reach more people in more places among more populations with the hope of Christ. And so John's life, as we will discover today, helps us to see that there's not just one Advent celebration. We are at the very same time celebrating two things, that the Lord has come and that he will come again. John helps us to see that preparation is a high calling that we all share. That's my first point today. That preparation is a high calling that we all share. Join me in Luke chapter 1, verse 67. We, we, we discover what is called the Benedictus. This is a song of praise that Zechariah, John the Baptist's father, offers after John is born. He is so elated that God has removed the shame from him and his family, that Zechariah, much as Mary did last week with the Magnificat, Zechariah offers a song of praise. And I want us to look at that song together as a way of understanding just how high of a calling it is to be called to prepare the way. Verse 67 says, His father Zechariah was filled with the Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation. For in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him in all our days. And to you, Zechariah begins to speak to John the Baptist, to you, my child, you will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will be, go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven. And he repeats a line that's very similar to what Isaiah says to us a couple weeks ago, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the path of peace. Now, every birth of every child is a big deal. When my firstborn was, was, was born, 
her birth literally changed the trajectory of my life. I've shared many times before that I did not grow up with my dad. And I had much resentment towards my dad until my firstborn came into this world. Immediately, I grew in grace towards my father when I became a father. And so every single birth of every single child is a big deal. But Zechariah goes to great lengths to show that, that this birth, John the Baptist's birth, was even a greater deal because God had not simply given him a son. He had given him a son who would prepare the way for the Messiah. Zechariah uses war language to celebrate the birth of his son. He calls him a horn of salvation. That's, that's war language. It, it draws a picture of a battlefield with two sides warring against one another. And one of those sides is on the brink of defeat. They're ready to give up because their enemy has gotten the best of them for as long as they were fighting. And just in the nick of time, a hero shows up and brings deliverance against your enemies. I believe there's somebody in this room who knows what it's like to be on the brink of defeat, on the brink of giving up, and God shows up and brings deliverance in your life. That's the image of what John, John's father, Zechariah, tries to paint for us here. He says, God has shown up at our lowest moment by bringing a Messiah and my son, my boy has the opportunity to prepare the way for the Savior. Zechariah says to us that preparation is not just an everyday job. This is a high calling. And just as John the Baptist was called to a high calling, you and I, if you remember, are now given the same responsibility. How will the world know that God loves them if we don't tell them? How will the world know that there is deliverance for the evils of this world if we keep our mouths closed? How will the world know that God is able to swoop in even when it seems the enemy has won if we choose never to show the love of Christ to others? Brothers and sisters, in this Advent season, we are called to the work of preparation. We want to go into the world sharing with people that God loves us and God is coming to restore what's broken in this world. Preparation is a high calling, but preparation also calls for, in my second point here, growing down and growing strong. Growing down and growing strong. Luke chapter 1, verse 80, says this about John the Baptist. And the child grew and became strong in spirit. And he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. Now, in the church that I grew up in, we didn't have life groups. We had Sunday school. And it was in Sunday school that I first encountered this strange brother, John the Baptist. I call him strange because in all the pictures, John looked like a wild man. He lived in the wilderness. He never shaved. He wore camel's hair with a belt made of leather. He ate only locust and honey. 
John's lifestyle was not normal, but it was preparatory. John's lifestyle was not normal, but it was preparing him for what God had called him to. He had a special mission from God, and John knew that he needed to get out of the hustle and bustle and get to a space where God could do the work of preparing him for the thing that he had called him to. John was doing his own preparation so that when the time came, he could help others to prepare for the coming of the Messiah. Preparation. For the purpose of helping others prepare. That's what John's life shows us. And I want to invite you in this moment, in this week, in this season of Advent, to prepare for the work that God has for you to do today. Often God gives us a call, or God gives us a vision of what he is calling us to, well before the opportunity to do it comes. And if you're not careful, you will find yourself frustrated because you know God has called you to do something. And in the moment, you might not necessarily have the skills or the opportunity. When you feel that way, rather than being upset with God, I want to invite you to a season of preparation. Just do the work. Prepare. Do the work. Trust God and do the work. And one day, if God has called you to it, the opportunity will come, and then it's too late for you to get ready. In this season of preparation, I want to call all of us as individuals and as a church to a season of actively waiting with God in the wilderness, a season of growing down. A season of growing strong until the moment comes where God calls your number and subs you into the game. That's a sports reference for, for the other 40% of you who have given up on sports. Preparation is a high calling. Preparation calls for us to grow down and grow strong. And preparation finally today is working when you don't need the glory and you're comfortable sending the glory to God. Preparation has done its work when, when you don't get or need the glory. You see, preparation is, yes, about getting ready to, to serve others, but preparation is also changing us. And I have many friends, and I, I struggle with this myself at times, feeling called and wondering, when will I get my shot? And the fact is, if preparation really has, its, its, his, it has run its course, you don't need the glory because the glory is not yours to, belong, to, to begin with. John the Baptist was strange, but he was a rock star. John had a following that was large much before Jesus' following became large. John was so good at what he did that people wondered at times, was he himself the Messiah? But at the height of his ministry, at the moment when his, his Instagram views could have been off the chain, 
John's ministry was simply standing and pointing people towards the Savior. Here's how John, the, the disciple of Jesus, John in the gospel, describes John's ministry. He says at the height of it that John's, John the Baptist's work was sitting and screaming, look, there is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Can you imagine Kanye West <laughs> not wanting the attention himself, but saying, look, there goes the Lamb of God who takes away. The Can you imagine Kim Kardashian saying, look, my views are no longer about me. Look, there goes the Lamb of God who takes away. The Can you imagine yourself? putting in the work, making the sacrifices. And just when it seems like it's your time to shine, you say, I don't need to shine. I want to tell the world about the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Preparation is working for us and it works for others when we don't get or need the glory. Here's what John shows us in Luke chapter 3. Verse 15, he shows us what that looks like. The people were waiting expectantly and wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come. The straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. While I only baptize you with water. Here's the interesting thing. Strange as he was, John's star was here. But when you look at John's life, he was continually decreasing. Continually decreasing. Pulling away from the crowd. Pulling away from the acclaim. Saying hard things to people because it did not matter if people liked him. John baptizes Jesus. And Jesus' acclaim grows. And that was the plan all along. That John would decrease so that Jesus could increase. And that, my friends, is what preparation reminds us of. The glory is not ours. This season is not ours. This season belongs to the one who God has sent to take away the sins of the world. I imagine that it was hard at times for John to not get caught up in all the hype. I told you he was a star at some points. Perhaps they called him LL Cool J. Ladies love cool John the Baptist. <laughs> it's in the book. <laughs> I can imagine... That as John was going around doing his work, young ladies would come along like, ooh, girl, look at his beard, the little locusts all in there. Like, I want to take care of his beard and help him take care of his beard. I imagine John was popular with the guys. The guys wanted their beard to be all full and stuff like his. And most of us guys, we don't know how to, like, really give a compliment to another guy. So here's how, how, how we ask it. We say, hey, man, we, what kind of beard all you use? Like, <laughs> J 
John's entire life could have been about him. But he chose instead, at the height of his acclaim, to point people to Jesus. And that is what I believe this season of Advent is for us. A season of preparing ourselves so that we might help others see Jesus. Now, I don't know what that preparation looks like for you. And so I want to invite us here in these last few minutes of our service to spend some time thinking about what preparation needs to look like for you. There are two questions that are going to come up on the screen. And I want to call us to a moment of silent reflection. I'm an extrovert. I'm an Enneagram 3. I'm an ESTJ. I'm a firstborn child. I like to talk. (laughs) And so in this season of preparation, silence and solitude has been what I've needed. I don't know what it is for you. But I want to invite you to sit with this question for a moment. In this Advent season, what is the personal preparation work that God is inviting you into? And then the second question is what are the spaces of influence where you can begin to help others prepare for the Lord's coming? Let's take a moment and sit with those two questions.